quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're here. And today we're going to talk about parenting from the place of fear. And I think many of us do this. I know I have parented from fear many times. And I think especially early on in my parenting, I came from a place of of fear from this idea that I was scared, always scared some bad things were going to happen. If I didn't do X, Y, or Z, my child would end up being a serial killer or being the kid that nobody liked in school or the child that got left out in sports. I was always so worried. And I think some of that worry came from my own experiences as a child. And I brought those experiences into my parenting thinking the things that happened to me are going to happen to my kid or the things that I saw happen to other kids are going to somehow happen to my child and I have to prevent it. And when I went to this idea of having to prevent it, I sacrificed the relationship in some places with my child to try to get them to not experience the hardships that either I I experienced myself or ones that I saw other kids experience. So I would really lean into this idea of control and direction, really telling my kids what to do. Don't do this and do that. And and you can't act this way and you have to act that way and be kind to these people or they're not going to like you and you have to be nice in the sandbox. And it became overwhelming, I think, for my children, especially my oldest, because I was constantly correcting her. I was constantly directing her. And it wasn't that it came from a place of unkindness or it came from a place of thinking that she was a bad person. It came from a place of fear that I feared things would happen. And this idea and this place of parenting really says to our child that we don't trust them, that we don't trust that they can navigate the sandbox or the soccer field 
or the classroom, that we don't trust that they know what to do for themselves and that we know better and that we have to tell them what to do in order for them to avoid any mishaps. Now, there's so many problematic things with that thinking. One is that we can trust our kids. They are trustworthy and their you know, life situations like the sandbox or the soccer field or the classroom are developmentally appropriate for them, meaning they are in a situation that is geared for their age and their development and they're figuring it out. And we have to allow them to figure it out to give them some prowess, to give them some self-esteem around solving their own problems. The second piece becomes if we're constantly intervening and telling our kids what to do and giving advice and directing and lecturing and reasoning, will they ever do it for themselves? Or will they constantly be looking to us to figure out what to do, how to act, what words to say, how to interact? And is that what we want? Do we want them to be dependent on us? Do we want them to always look for us for advice? Or do we want them to look inward? And do we want to help support them and be by their side and be there when things don't go well and come with empathy and kindness and understanding, but also allow them to make mistakes, allow them to navigate this situation that we might have the perfect answer for, which we often do. And we want to give that perfect answer because we're scared because we're parenting from fear. Like if I don't give them this answer, if they don't navigate this situation correctly, then something bad will happen. Something bad might happen to them. They might feel bad. They might have an encounter with somebody that isn't a good outcome. And is that helpful? Or is it better for them to possibly make the mistake in the sandbox, do the wrong thing, suffer the natural consequence, and learn something from that? Because our constant peppering or correcting or directing will really make them feel as if they are being scrutinized. Third piece is it really damages the relationship that we share with our children because the interactions end up being all about what they're doing right or what they're not doing right or how you can direct them or, or the ways in which they can prove in the, improve in their interactions with people or, you know, I recently um, had a client whose kid procrastinates, and you know they, the parents have told this kid a million times. You know, you know, you really should manage your time, and if you did things in this order, you would have plenty of time to get everything done. But the child isn't hearing it, and so they're becoming very frustrated because they keep having the same conversation with the child over and over, a teenage child over and over and over again. But that child isn't getting it, and they're also not allowing them to fail. You know, when he procrastinates and he can't get to school on time, they're driving him. So is it a function of letting him fail? Or is it a function of continuing to remind him of what he's doing wrong? I think if we can allow our children to suffer the natural consequences of some of these things, that it will give them a better place to learn, a better place to understand themselves, and more grit and fortitude. We want our kids to experience some adversity because they're going to experience a lot of adversity in the real world. And this is where we get into this discussion about gentle parenting doesn't, you know, prepare kids for the real world. Well, that's not true. If you're doing gentle parenting in the right way, you are not lecturing, correct, 
acting, intervening, directing so much, you're really looking to allow the natural consequences of life to teach lessons. And when we do that, a child fails. And when the child fails, they feel really badly. And we can be there with them. Oh man, your your friend at soccer is upset with you because you were fighting on the field. I get that. That's hard. We're with them. That creates connection. And now the child realizes I can fail here. I can have somebody support me and I can recover. And I think that's the big piece that gentle parenting, connective parenting, respectful parenting, conscious parenting really provides for the child is the I can fail, but I know that I can recover. And when we go from failure to recover with empathy, with our our big, strong, supportive people, our parents, our caretakers are there with us. Now we've created a script of, of endurance, of resilience in our mind and in our body because we're creating a neural pathway there that says, I can fall down and I can get back up with support and it's not going to ruin me. ADHD affects so many of our families and finding the right care can be a challenge. With Done, you can get the care you need 24-7. At donefirst.com, you have an expert team who can help you get personalized treatment for you and your sweet kids. ADHD doesn't have to jeopardize the connection you share with your family. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy copays as low as $0. Visit get.donefirst.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. So if we're always constantly telling our kids, you need to do this and you need to do that and, oh no, don't do that. Are we saving them from the failures that they actually need in order to create grit? And does all of this come from our fear, all of our own fears? Are we actually intervening in our parenting or in our child's childhood? Are we intervening in their childhood? based on our insecurities and our fears and the things that we are nervous and anxietal about. I know I have. And so that's why this, you know, there's a huge movement around reparenting yourself, you know, and finding out where your unmet needs lie in your own childhood, because un- inevitably those unmet needs 
show up in our parenting. And then that's how we create this generational trauma, right? I was bullied. And so I'm so worried about being bullied that I'm really intervening in every interaction with my child at school. And I'm going to the school and I'm really making things possibly worse and not better. And I'm not allowing my kid to navigate the social situations that they are encountering because I'm worried about bullying. I'm just using this example. It could be all kinds of things. It could be anything. It could be eating disorders. You have an eating disorder. Are you so overconsumed with the food? And are you constantly worried about them eating or not eating? And are you overly strict or too, or too lenient? Or have you gone a certain way because of your own upbringing? And, and then if you have, then that's a place where we have to kind of examine our fears. And we need to take a step back and say, okay, this is my work. This is my work around the eating disorder. This is my work around bullying. This is my work around kindness. And I need to keep that work to myself so that I can come to my parenting with a clear slate because we're pretty jaded. We're jaded from the experiences that we've had. We're jaded from the experiences we see other people having. And so when we bring those experiences into our parenting and we let them affect the way in which we interact with our kid, now that becomes problematic. So how can we examine that and say, is this me or is this just the situation that I'm in? But I find nine times out of 10 that I need to take the back seat, that my kid is super capable, that they are able to navigate their developmental and age-appropriate situations on their own and that I don't necessarily need to intervene too much, that I can allow things to play out in order to help them learn naturally what the right thing to do was in that situation. And I, and I know from, from my own experience, if somebody tells me don't do that, it doesn't sink in as much as if I do it and I fail. If I do it and I fail, I really tend to le- learn that lesson. If I don't have that failure, it doesn't sink in for me as much. And so I think early on, if we can give kids places to fail and places to experience natural consequences, that it's super helpful for them. And it's a good practice for us to maintain neutrality and try not to intervene too much. And it also gives us practice in empathy. Can we empathize with our kid if it does fall apart? Now, another little piece of it is if you're constantly giving the advice or if you're constantly directing or even if you're using maybe some manipulation in it, like, you know, if you don't brush your teeth, all your teeth are going to turn black. Well, that's not necessarily true. So if you give the advice and then the kid follows it and something goes wrong or doesn't follow it and, and something goes right, now your word doesn't mean much because they know that either you've given them advice that didn't work or you've said something that isn't true as a way to scare them into not doing something. So it becomes problematic on many, many levels, but it doesn't come from a bad place. We don't do it because we're trying to be unkind or we're trying to make life harder on our kids. We do it from fear. And I think if we can examine where we're fearful in our parenting, so really thinking about where are you fearful in your parenting? Where do you get, where do you start to, when something happens, your blood starts to really boil, your heart starts to really pound. You can feel it in your body. Like your kid comes home and was like, so-and-so said they hate me. If you start to boil, that's an indicator to you to say, okay, what's going on for me? Why am I worried that somebody said they hate my kid? 
And is this a normal thing that, you know, some sixth graders or fourth graders go through? Maybe it is. And even if it isn't normal, what is behind the I hate you? What else happened? Can we ask the probing questions like I have in one of my other episodes, asking probing questions, figuring out what's going on? Or do we take off to the races, call the principal, and we're being the advocate for our kid? But in in essence, are we too involved? And is that coming from some fear that we have? All right. I hope this was helpful. I gave you a little insight on, on parenting from fear. I know I have parented from fear a lot. I still find myself like getting twinges of that. Oh, heart starts racing. Oh my gosh, this happened. Oh, you're on, you know, for me, it's, it's um, kids struggling in school because I, I don't like school. I struggled in school. I was a teacher. I don't like all the homework and the tests and everything. And so when one of my kids is struggling in school, I know I get really heightened. And so I have to like breathe through that, journal through that and really figure out how am I going to be supportive without being too intrusive. And so finding that middle ground is really important. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I hope you were checking out Unpunished, my little book. It's out and you can purchase it at um, unpunishedbook.com. It's actually just shipping and handling and we'll get one to you anywhere in the world. All right. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hanna Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hanna baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.